I am unashamed. What about you? So this is interesting. Today is a milestone podcast. It, uh, do you know why it's a milestone, Jace? You know what? No. The, you know what the momentous. If I had a drum no. roll, I could do it. My, I thought, Jan, you made a big deal out of the one hundredth, which <laughs> yeah. I didn't think was a big deal. But there's something about the hundredth episode and anything you do that's a big deal. I mean, it's not I didn't me. make it. Well, I yeah. know we. It's we, just a number. But to other people, it means something. Because that's like half the time. I don't know how old I am. It's because it's not. Important. You're half a hundred. Yeah, you, you constantly remind me how old I, I'd rather just forget about that. <laughs> well, Dad says you're getting close to fifty. I'm like, no, he's, no what he's it like, is, I mean, you, you hit you hit fifty. I climbed trees until I was fifty five. At fifty five, I said, no, I'm not climbing any more trees. So you remember the day you stopped? You said Did, no. Red and I were down in the woods. You were fifty. For some reason, we had to get up in the tree, deer stand, or whatever. And normally, yeah. I would just up, up like a monkey. I'd gone up. Well, you've got, you know, you got fifty-five. I walked out there and I looked up that big tree and I looked at it. And I said, "Red, come over here." He walked up there, you know. Your feet look like a monkey because they got the knobs yeah. on. Yeah, oh yeah. I said, "I just right. made I'm... a decision." He said, "What's that?" I said, "This is the day I stopped climbing trees. I just..." I'm too old. You know what's disturbing about this is I just realized I'm still climbing trees. <laughs> yeah, well, so you come to well, you're 55 more years. You'll say, five more years. You'll say no. Oh, you were 55. You were my age. 55. See, but it's not always the same for everybody, Dad, because I quit climbing trees like at 25. So now from there, there's been a lot of different events. You know that no, no, no. So now I've got old Dan down there. If it's a giant beaver dam, he's on it. Yeah. If it's a gigantic one, it's track hole. It's not then you the rake. Get, you got to bring red He's in. to the rake, the rake. We didn't have a Is that when hole. Jimmy Red and Jay Stone Jimmy come Jimmy Red and Jay Stone, yeah. they, they, they're taking up the slack. They were out there this morning at daylight moving around. I'll go down there, you know, because right now we're planting duck food. Mm-hmm. The water's just left. A lot of mud. A lot of stomping in the mud. So I noticed that Stone too. Now he's his part of his garb when he comes down here. He's got his you know army looking uniform on. And then he's got that pistol strapped right on that side with the big old Stone wood. was. We converted him from the duck blind. Jace brought him on board, and uh, but Stone has been a very valuable uh, entity added to the Robertson clan. Yeah. He married. My granddaughter, he, your daughter. He married well, my daughter. Yep. So he he married up, no and, doubt about it. And she she's funny because she's you know she's kind of quiet and all that, but she's a Robertson through and through too. And just watching their interaction because we all live you know close by, so it's really interesting. Well, you know, to watch it's disturbing. He come back yesterday. He said, "I got I got one coon and two cottonmouths with my pistol over in the woods." You know, I said a coon and a cottonmouth, two cottonmouths and one lick. I said, Stone. I said, you, you're my kind of man, son. <laughs> well, maybe he's decided to aim instead of just spraying bullets. We talked well, about that. Well, remind me when he, next time he invites me for a barbecue, I believe I'll pass. Yeah. But uh, the raccoon, mm, I draw a line there, and the raccoon's me, under it. you yeah. got to remove the musk glands. Or, but look, or they're here, a little musky. Here's, musky. here's what you're forgetting. Well, it, you know, everybody always has a recipe for everything. But, yep. you know, some things I just I pass on. But. You know, what's disturbing about this is I was there the day it was almost like a business meeting, a transaction. You know, Jay is, or Stone, as Phil's calling him, was in the duck blind. And Phil said, you know, 
Stone, my granddaughter, Anna, for whatever reason, nobody's made their move. So if I were you, I would make the move. And I thought she was. And by the way, she was eighteen at the time. I was like, shows you how our lives. I watched him for about three months. It wasn't like, but it wasn't like he was showing interest. He was just duck hunting. Phil says he had never brought her up. Nobody's met. Well, I don't think there was any anything there. And Phil was talk. No, Phil was like, make your move. Literally, like a couple weeks later, they were dating. And I thought, did I just? Did we just go hunting and somebody say? Go for it. Okay. And then no, the next thing were, you know, they're married. There were things you didn't know, Josh. I said, really, I've yeah. vetted you. I said, however, my son, Al, is her father. I uh, tell him it's going to help you if you're interested in this to let him know, my son, that I vetted you. I said, make sure you get that in there. I said, because if you don't, you're out. But you you got to remember how the chain of communication works in this What family. did he say to you? Okay. Jace, you, you've forgotten the chain of communication. So mom is always talking to Nan and a bunch of other people constantly. And so she gets information and then gives it to dad. So he wouldn't know things that are going on outside of his realm. So mom is the one that told dad. So she said, give him the speech. He gave the speech. Right. So she's, He moved on He it. moved on it because she's like, I think Nan and likes Jay. And we call her Nan. Likes Jay. And so then she tells that yeah. to dad. So dad's like, oh, well, then I'm going to say, I, you know, go for it because, you know, I vetted you. So then he comes to me. He's pretty nervous with me, you know, because then it's the dad. And he didn't know me as well as he knew y'all early on. But I always liked him because – I mean, he served our country. He went to Af- Afghanistan. He was right at the end of his his you know deal there, and been like a month left, and then nine eleven hit. So he winds up going to Afghanistan for a year, and I can remember him coming down at church because he started coming to Westfield Road with us, and us having prayer over him. And I never forget that day. His whole family came because they go to another church, but they all came that day because they knew we were going to pray for him because he was leaving the next week. Which you know Afghanistan, especially early on, is pretty wild over there yeah he was like first one of the first one of the first ones because he's part of he drives heavy equipment so they were building the you know runways and they were gearing up for what would be this long war we've been fighting over there but his but what impressed me was his grandpa came uh, his his dad's dad who served in world war ii and you know he was he was one of them classic greatest generation guys you know he didn't you know he just look at you kind of had a sideway that's where jay gets that look he's got from Mm -hmm, but that day i saw him tear up you know in those prayers because i thought about his his grandpa remembers what it was like to be young like that taken off over there to defend the country so i don't know it was just a moment for me so i always liked jay from even those moments you know because he had become a brother so what was his exact line what about dating your daughter well, he he said uh, he said you know uh, he kind of him hauled around and you know and, and I just let him swing. I, I didn't even try to. Normally, I try to like help people dating like, your daughter. You got him with a cold stare. I was just listening. And I was like, all right, what's he coming up with? Because he's a little bit older than Anna. And he finally said, you know, I just wanted to make sure it was okay with you if you know we started going out. Because I knew I already knew he was living with John and Paula, so I knew there had been like the secret like you know somebody likes somebody even though you're older it doesn't matter you know you still got the same thing so i knew nan because i kept looking around where's nan she's up at john and paula's man she's staying up there a lot what's what's going on with that and i said i don't know she's always up there talking to jay of course see i knew so you know you know how this works but i liked it because it was old school dating they were always around adults 
It wasn't off by yourself. You know, they would eat with John and Paula at our house. So Jay had him a perfect little bachelor set up. He's got him a, a little trailer down on Caney Lake, and and he was set up. He, he loves to fish, and he had all this going on. So then when he and Anna got married about just, I don't know, six or eight months after they started dating, so he had the perfect situation. They were just going to go down there and live on the lake. You know, he'd be able to fish, and he'd drive back before to work. Happily ever after. Happily ever after. But the problem is he didn't realize that Nan wasn't going to live on a lake 45 minutes away from everything else. So that lasted one week. And then they show up at the house, and Jay's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to sell my place. <laughs> <laughs> this is one week. And I was like, sell it? Why? He was like, Anna doesn't want to live there. She's, I mean, you know, they only been married a little while. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And he said, well, I don't know. We're going to have to find a place to live in town. So I said, well, i tell you what. Why don't y'all build a house? we got four acres. Why don't y'all build a house back, back here on our property? I'll, I'll give you that back acre, and y'all build a house on it. So that's what they did. So they moved in with us, and then we built the house. And so we've been next door to each other now for 16 years ever since. And and it worked. You know, a lot of people. That, it that, wouldn't that, work for that everybody. It doesn't work. It works for us. I mean, but. Jay, I mean, he's he's a he's a solid addition. Well, he's turned yeah. into a good, really good cook, and that's helped everybody, the whole neighborhood. You know what? The good man, worker, the man can grill. Great cooking brings people together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a key component, you know, of our family. At almost, always been. at almost now to enter the Robertson clan, you you, you have to know how to cook. You, you need to. You know, I see people come up. Oh well, you know, little girl there, kin folks. You know, my grandchildren. I don't I can't remember the names. I'm looking at them. <laughs> I said, can you cook? That's embarrassing. They said, can I cook? I said, can you cook? Well, I'm working on it. I said, well, just just checking. Well, I went I went to Austin and visited Jeff. And, uh, you know, I was, I'm always have some anxiety, especially when I'm in a big city and just what are we going to do and what are we going to eat because I was like, you know. We don't really do a lot of restaurants. Ain't no yeah. telling, you know, what's going on. And I had left. And I really hadn't eaten lunch. Or, so <laughs> – I thought, what are we going to eat? I hate to ask because I don't want to say, no, I'm not eating that. And so I finally just couldn't help it because I thought, what do, what do y'all what do y'all got to eat around? Cause Cause when I got so this, you're staying with Jay, uh, Jeff yeah, Jackson. Okay. I'm staying with him and for a couple of days. And so Jeff said, yeah, I, I, I'm cooking tonight. I was like, oh, really? What you, what, what you got going? He said, snow crabs. And I thought. Well, this sounds pretty good. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, he laid that out. and Jeff's a good cook. I was shocked. Because inside you were thinking when he said that, you were thinking, can you cook? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what (laughs) I was thinking. He did run a food truck. But you know what? It made the whole trip just because, I mean, and it was a feast. And I thought. Here, let me pay for that. Whatever you pay for that. Because I was thinking next next time I'm here. I want to do this again. You're motivating him. <laughs> this was awesome. Well done, my brother. <laughs> but that that's helped me with Jay because he's cooked for many a thing I've had. Did he my, turn down the money house. or did he take it? Oh, did he take it? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff don't turn down money. I'll say that right now. Checking. So that was my deal, Jay. Jay said, I'll buy it if you'll cook it. And so I, I told Jay just this last week, I was like, when is Cy coming back over? Because he'd been coming over like every week, but I had a couple of things I needed to talk to Cy about. He said, well, when do you want him over? And I said, well, I mean, it's not like I have to have him. I'm just wondering when he's coming back. He said, oh, if I, I call him and say we're cooking, he's here today. 
So besides so so just waiting on the call to come in, Jay cooks some ribs or steak. You know, so I said, well, I'll buy it if well, you cook it. Well, uh, Jeff had an interesting point. I don't know if you ever thought about this. Because when I ate the snow crab, it was better than what I've usually eaten. Like at a restaurant, I've never cooked it myself. Yep. And he said, I learned that people mess up when they boil lobster or crabs. Because when y'all... You got to steam it, right? Well, he cooked it in the oven. Really? Mm. He did for like 10 or 12 minutes. Yep. Okay. So and now he that. put a bunch of seasoning on it. Yep. And now he had little cups of butter. I mean, because I said, boy, this is a nice way to eat butter. You know, because that butter, I don't know what he had in that, but it was better than just butter. Yeah, that's that, and so that's I, that drawn but butter. He, the proof is in what I ate. I just thought I'd throw that out there because evidently he stumbled up on something. So look, what's funny? Is when I got back because I hit we got one little seafood place you know we're a little too far yeah. north for the stuff off the boat but we do have one sea, seafood place he gets it fresh and we get shrimp there and uh, but I went in there and I said I, I said y'all got any snow crabs and I look of course they were proud of it oh yeah but I had just I was coming off that <laughs> that meal. I said I I have to do that again. <laughs> Immediately, just to see if I can pull it off. Got the recipe on my phone, so I'm good to go. Oh, so you hadn't tried it yet. But one of the funny things I want to say about Jay, I know we got to move on, but you know, Jay's always kind of, I mean, I'll just throw this out. We all have struggles, and I'm not picking on him, but one of his problems was anger management. <laughs> and I say that in just like when we would go play golf, and he was part of the, you know, once he got part of the family, you're part of the golf. And he's a he decent golfer. Oh, he's well, he's more than decent. He I mean, he's the better. Really square. Yeah, he, yeah, he's good. But I noticed that when things didn't go his way, which happens a lot in golf, he was prone to golf tirades. I mean, Tantrums. throwing clubs, hitting them in the ground. So I thought breaking clubs. I've got to confront him about this, and uh, and so I did, and it didn't go well at first. He was like, "What are you talking about? I'm just venting my frustrations. I mean, I'm not." Because he was saying, well, I'm not hurting anybody, right. you know. I'm just tearing up my own stuff. I'm like, number one, you're not good enough to get mad. <laughs> That's right. Let's just get that. that. Which I figured that out for me We're a playing long time. for $2, you know. Yeah. We're playing a $2 Nassau game. He's like, well, it's not about that. I just, I'm not reaching my potential. I said, we're putting a, hole, a, a round ball in a hole. <laughs> There is no potential. It's supposed to be fun. We're not we're not throwing clubs. I mean, I had I just thought, you know, welcome to the family. We're not throwing clubs or you're you're off the list. And he's like, "What are you saying?" I was like, "You're not allowed to play if you keep throwing clubs. It's embarrassing." I'm like, "We're playing golf here. Don't it's okay to get mad, but once the club goes flying, you know, you've seen him oh, do yeah. it. And so it was a slow process, and I thought he was getting better at it. And then all of a sudden, he'd go off again. Uh-huh. And I, but once I had already broken the ice, well, then he told me this crazy story about when he's in the military, about you know he was right on the ground from day one, and when he was over there, they didn't even have bathrooms that were halfway civilized. He said, you know, there was a board which he broke off into this story. I'm like, where are we going with this? But he's like, I'm knee to knee with all all the other military guys, you know, when they want to go to the bathroom on a on a board. Mm-hmm. And uh he's like, you know, one day uh, a fly came and lit on my leg. And he said, So I just got up, walked out, 
and they had just put the first porta john there. And he said, I just took out all my frustration on that porta john. <laughs> he said, I literally beat it to a pulp. <laughs> Yeah. And I said, why are you telling me this? He said, so, you know, you know, once my superiors saw what I did, they called him in. said, you will now be the one that gets rid of all of the material that's going into the pot in a 55-gallon drum well, by he, burning it. Yeah, he you know? learned a lesson. Now. Well, right. He said, so now I'm out there, you know, with a boat paddle. Stirring it. Stirring it as I burn burning it. Burning it. And I said... So, well, that I want you to think about, I'm not, I don't know how I can relate that. And so what he did was he just quit playing golf. Yeah, he just quit. He just said, well, I think I'm going to quit. <laughs> I was like, good talk. <laughs> so so, so like, you get down to John hang 10. On, hang on, Dad. Hang on, Dad. Let's take a break. So we got uh, a lot of the students that are caught up kind of in the politics of coronavirus. You know, do they go back to school? Do they... Stay home. I mean, this is this is a crazy time that we're living in. Uh, one of our sponsors, Patriot Mobile, is running a they're calling it a school days promotion until September twelfth. You can either get a free phone or a free month of service when you switch to America's only conservative cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you got it until September twelfth uh, to be able to do this, the w- the way you get a hold of these guys if you want to switch over to them is nine seven two Patriot. That's nine seven two Patriot. Or you can go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil. Use the promo code Phil, and you get a free month of service. And right now you got a choice, a free phone or a free month of service. So check these guys out, patriotmobile.com, promo code Phil. Now, so we got left hanging. This is a momentous podcast. We just ventured from my, where we started. And you don't know why. It's number 127. Does that ring a bell? No. This is the last podcast that we are recording here in our original podcast, Unashamed Command Center. Did you really? know that? It's the last one. Well, how would I? I had no idea. See? I mean, you, Where are we moving? We are moving to a new Unashamed Command Center, which is actually right on our hunting property. Uh, we're building the studio as we speak. Then the reason why I wanted our audience to know, because it's going to look different the next time we record is because where we are, we're in a place that we call it the lodge. Just, uh, Willie and Corey originally bought this place, uh, or maybe Jeff and Jessica did. I they, think they just rented it. Okay, so they rented it. They lived here. Uh, so a lot of people in the family have lived here in this spot, and, and we've described it before, as you see out the window. This is the very beginning of mom and dad's property, so you go down that hill. So it means a lot to us because we kind of get to look down where we grew up. But Phyllis and Tony... Uh, we'll be moving here, um, and they're going to be – we're actually in their bedroom <laughs> back here in the back of the house. Huh. So they're going to be moving here. We're excited about that. You guys heard their story first on the podcast, which is awesome. And uh, we just want to update the story that they're going to be living here. So we're moving our podcast uh, command center about probably a mile here from here. So no, we're, so we're hunting. We're going to the hunting camp. We're going to the hunting camp. We call it the lair. Uh, which is our place where we stage, and that's where we're Keep building all our equipment. So yep. we went from the command center to the to, lair. To the lair. So that's our, that'll be our new spot, the unashamed lair, which well, I've this, always wanted like a lair. This is you know? this has gotten weird. <laughs> <laughs> Momentous. So the big move is about a mile. 
It's about a mile. Okay. That's exactly right. So just, but I wanted our audience to know. But it has a feel about it because it, that's where all our decors are stored. Yeah. Our vehicles, our side by sides, the Yamahas, and the pumps. Yep. You know. I guess Connor, we had to get C, you to shoot some of the shots that, that's over there, right? We have lockers with our names on them. It's pretty impressive. What we ought to do when we get there is just let them take a pan shot. That's around. what I'm saying. So we'll, the audience can say we'll that's where y'all. That's your staging area before right. daylight, five o'clock in the morning. We're going here, there, and yonder. Everybody meets there. Some mm-hmm. are going deer hunting, some are going duck. It's it's how red. It's it's a good look at the redneck world. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not a good look. Well, it's, it's a look. <laughs> uh, lower your expectations, viewers. It yeah, looks like one. some kind of this storm a little, hit. A little just, rough for the city dwellers. <laughs> There's but, a lot of critters there. We yeah, you got to watch the, the black widows. We, we've the had a rat problem. The, rats, the dogs spiders. are there. That's where they're they're maintained yep. and kept. Dan goes over and runs the dogs. Dan lives next door. Our retrievers. We got these do- dogs. You know, boom. They they go retrieve for bring our ducks back to us. Mm. It's a it's a good way to roll. Yeah. Well, that's where we're going to be. So uh, next time we'll uh, we'll introduce you to the lair, to our new spot. So Dad's ready to get to John ten. I just want to make one point on the last verse in John ten, uh, John chapter nine. As we leave it, if you were blind, uh, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. And I just wrote this down for the beginning of chapter 10, to pardon. Uh, we, we, we don't realize how powerful that is. One of the things, when you pardon someone, you remove the guilt. You cancel the penalty for an offense or crime. You're forgiven you're justified to release a person from further punishment for a crime. So when you you look at what Jesus did in one fell swoop, look, in a amazingly took about by my count five thousand three hundred years from creation that he did he created it. Five thousand he's coming, the old testament says in three days, solved your sin problem and your grave problem. In three days? I mean, just think about how that all came to fruition, Al. I just thought I'd mention this. Blessed is the man or woman whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions are covered, whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Therefore... We have peace of mind while we're here and immortality to boot. And that's the reason we're sitting here telling others about it because we're simply saying, come on, America. Come on. Come on. Well, I think he was addressing Join the, us. the pride. You know, pride is, is what really keeps us from it's still, pursuing. It's still here. But when you said that word, Dad, that you you said, what would you say about cancel that you added in there? To, to cancel, cancel. To, to release a person from further punishment for a crime, to cancel the penalty yeah. for an offense. This is Webster's Dictionary. So it made me think about it, about another passage that uses that word, and it's, it's Colossians 2 is one of Jason's favorite, yep. 13. When you were dead in your sins, 
And in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code. That's it. With his regulations that was against us, stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Because remember, Alice, he canceled the penalty, which was death. I mean, think about it, how powerful sin is. You sin, you Die spiritually. You you're 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 cut off from God, but separated from God. What made that interesting when you said that is that currently today, right now, there's this whole I don't know what you'd call it, I guess, process that's going on. It's called a cancel culture. Yeah. And so someone, you know I heard somebody say that. What exactly? So, so here's what, what it is. is Here, that's point. what I wanted to describe it. So it's it's exactly the opposite of what I just read and that what is you correct. Just read. So here's what the cancel culture does. Somebody Tweeted something, wrote an article, said something ten years ago, fifteen years ago, fifty years ago. The fa- some of the founding fathers, founding fathers. The, the founding fathers sinned. Right. They, they can't get out. So the cancel culture is that if you've ever said anything that is now deemed as wrong, if you've ever sinned, Al, if you've sinned, ever sinned, then you're canceled. Like. We we don't want to ever hear from you again. Tear a statue down. He made so, some mistakes. Tear a statue so down. everyone's counsel but babies. Well, that's that's where we're headed. <laughs> but who came up with it? I don't know. It just it started as just a social media Twitter mob mostly. That that was their deal. But but here's the results of it. What's happened? So if somebody says something somewhere, someone back. They work for this company, and then they get you fired, canceled, because you, you said something that now sounds. To them, like the it's whole racist or whatever. I mean, group, people are just scared the, now the, to even say anything. The ones who dreamed up the council culture, without them realizing it, the same charge they're putting on all the human beings who live before them start with the founders of this country and start there. You say, if they if you ever made a mistake, you're out. As if the council culture crowd doesn't realize. What about their sins? Yeah, well, I was going to say, when did the moral purity start well, with this? But period? I think oh. it's just like the verse you read. They don't—they're not acknowledging that because they claim they can see. That's right. Hang on. That's why I read that. Hang on. Let's take a quick break. So we know that in today's culture, between um, suits, lawsuits, minimum wage requirements, um, labor regulations. HR is a nightmare. Did you know that, Dad? Do you know what HR stands for? No. Home run. (laughs) Human resources is what HR stands for. And people that have a small business understand this is a real problem. You have to hire somebody. It costs you a lot of money. So we got a company, uh, Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. They're created specifically for small business. Basically, they're an online HR service for your business. You can go month to month, no hidden fees. You cancel any time. So go to Bambi. Dot com B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Robertson. You get a free HR audit. See if these guys can help you out. Bam to the B dot com slash Robertson. No, that's what struck me about it is that what's going on in our culture right at this moment is by these people who don't even understand what we're talking about is the exact opposite of what Jesus did. The only one that can counsel you (laughs) is the one that can pardon you. He wants to pardon you for your sins, but if you'll let him, but if not, you've been canceled. You know, it's interesting. Just like the old, how many Uh, times do we forgive him, Lord? Seven. And he said, "Mm, 70 times seven. You know, it's interesting. I was doing my research on this because I'm, I'm sharing Sunday about 
so you're a king. Yeah. You know, when Pilate asked Jesus that and what that means. But what came up was a slogan that was part of our American culture from our founding fathers where they said, uh, we we are under no king besides King Jesus. And that happened during the Revolutionary War. So I, yep. I started researching that. Yep. You know, England, they, they, they were basically saying they were invading and Americans came up with that slogan. And I thought, who said that? And I want to find that out. Well, what was crazy is there are thousands, thousands of stories or arguments about who said that, when, and where, because all of these people, I guess, with the group you're talking about, the council culture, are trying to counsel all our founding fathers. Correct. So yep. basically, most of the articles, I just started thumbing through them, were like, you know, there was they were staying at this reverend's house, but really that was a lie. They weren't even there because he's the one that said it. This yeah. reverend Jonas, I can't remember the names, but... He basically said there is no king besides King Jesus, and then that caught on. And But they were attacking that because they were, like, listing all – some of the articles I read would have all the founding fathers. And they were like, see, they didn't even believe right on Jesus, which what was crazy to me. Here are people that don't believe in Jesus <laughs> looking at the theological views of the founding fathers saying, well, they couldn't have said that because they didn't even believe – the facts about Jesus, like this guy one time quoted, oh, there's a God, but, you know, Jesus was just a prophet or, you know, yeah. they had all these different quotes. And I thought that is so that they're so worried about a statement like that, that literally, what was that, 1770, whatever, 1776, they're going back that far trying to challenge that happening because they, you're talking about pride. Do not want to say, well, Jesus is actually king. Because if, if he is, I might change my yeah, life. Actually, right. the original founders came up there at Jamestown and Plymouth Rock. And someone says, with the statues there and all, they, uh, they'll probably be wanting to tear them up before it's over. Yep. But the whole outline of the kingdom of God, Al, uh, old, what's, what's the elder up there at Fast Ferry Road? Uh, there's, he, 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 he saw it. Dash's buddy, Dash's buddy up there, what's uh, Abel's, Robert Abel's. Yeah, yeah. Robert said, when I went in there on that Plymouth Rock and you walk out there and they've got their history right there, the, the church was there. They were referring to it as the kingdom of God. Yeah. What you have to do, put your faith in there. The gospel was right there in the middle of it. That little group that sailed over from Europe who landed there and, and and it was a rough go, but the ones that started that, they have all the writings right now. You can go walk around and look. Mm -hmm. And and Robert told me, he said, Phil, when I went there and saw that, you know, they were called the Puritans. Yeah. The, the, he said, it was us. Yeah. It was the kingdom of God. It was us. The foundation was being laid right there from the very beginning. Started right there with that little group of people, mm -hmm. and half of them died. I mean, it was rough. Oh yeah, but they, it just took off from there. The United States of America, Patrick Henry had it right. He said the United States was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. His yeah, death, I read that in that article. His death, burial, and resurrection—that's right. what the country's. But you know what on. was disturbing? Is now that, they're trying to cancel that. 
Oh, yeah. What I, I ran across one article who were from Christians who said they didn't support the slogan either. And I thought, now here we got Christians saying they don't support that there's no king besides King Jesus. I oh, thought this should be interesting. They better support it. <laughs> no. So I read it. So here was the logic. They said, well, the reason that that was not good for our founding fathers to do, because they were given credit that the founding fathers believed it and that the slogan was real and that it happened. I think it's pretty evident since there's so much smoke about it that that happened because there are literally thousands of articles about it. So because oh, yeah. so, people don't like that that foundation is where our religious freedom in this country was built on, which is why we have the First Amendment. And they it, were also having a reaction to old King George. Remember, well, right, but the but, Constitution <clears throat> was written for a religious and moral people. It is wholly inadequate for any other. Well, now, two hundred forty-four years later, you say we have a group of people, and the Constitution is in their way. It's in the way because they're not religious and, uh, and, and they're not a moral group. You say yeah. they get get rid of it. Get rid of it. It doesn't apply to them. Because it was written if you were godly yeah. and you were a moral group. You say you changed that dynamic and it took 244 years and the Supreme Court forgotten, forgot that they were not the supreme being. They yeah. say kill your children, practice perversion, blah, 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 all the way down the line. Yeah. You say we've forgotten what, what brought us. The oh, God of no creation, there's and no therefore we, there's hell to pay. That's I know we, we're not going back that far, but the fact that a group of men at one point put in God we trust on every coin and dollar told you pretty much their view of our history and how how we got here. Well, what I was going to say about Psalms ninety one, that's where they got that. By but, the way, but what I was going to say is this: this Christian woman who who wrote this article said, "Well, because Jesus," and she quoted John. 18 where when right before Pilate said so you're a king well what led to him say that is because jesus said because he said are you king of the jews and he said well my kingdom is not is from another of this uh, world uh, it's, it's not of this world so yeah. so her point was well you can't say there's no king but king jesus because king jesus he's not king of this world and they quoted John 8, 1836. He, he's the kingdom of a heavenly world, and it's a futuristic thing, so it couldn't be that. And so then I virtually raised my hand and said, well, what are we doing here? Yeah, Because you know, a proper study of the kingdom, which we've done in previous podcasts, I don't know if it was in the title, you can go listen to it, that we believe that we are a part of of the heavenly kingdom on earth. Yeah. We represent that. Right. If the spirit of Christ is in us, the mystery of godliness is that Christ is in us. We represent because of God's grace and his holy spirit the actual indestructible kingdom of heaven on earth. Hang he on, has hang, qualified hang on, you to to the Colossians Phil. to share Hang in, on, in, let, in just just give it one second the and then read. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Take a break. So we talk a lot about hair loss on this show, which is kind of ironic because I'm really the only one losing my hair. Uh, you and Dad, of course, I don't know. You had a fur ball in your it's cause you shave. train one time. I do shave. Maybe, right. Maybe shave. when you shave, you lose your hair on top. I don't know. Could be. I've done very little. So I wish I had started a little bit earlier, but there's a, a one of our sponsors, uh, Keeps. This Keeps.com is where you go, and they're basically – 
help you hold on to your hair. So if you're starting to lose that hair, you might want to check these guys out to try to hang on to it. They ship it straight to your door. Uh, you go online, keeps.com slash door. You get 50% off your first order, keeps.com slash door. So the Apostle Paul writing to the Colossians starts out with the gospel, gospel of God's grace and all its truth. He gets down to the bottom about verse 12, chapter 1, giving thanks to the Father. He's qualified you because you've put your faith in Jesus. You responded to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. It's already happened. And he's brought us, already happened, to the Colossians, into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So if the Colossians had been brought into the kingdom of God, how could you say the kingdom of God had not been brought to them? You see what I'm saying, Al? I just think what bothers me is that most religious people that I run up on have this view. You know, they're, know. they're they're even just just step back for and and say, no, wait a minute, you don't like the phrase that there is no king but King Jesus. If you don't like that, there's something <laughs> wrong with your theology. The kingdom of the Son He loves. You say, hmm. Well, it's too clear. I like the one in Hebrews 12 that describes what the kingdom is. It gives you a whole description. And then in verse 28, it says, therefore, since we are receiving present tense in Mm -hmm. Hebrews, which is 2000 years ago, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and with all book of acts, the apostle Paul, before he died from morning till evening, this is acts 28, uh, about verse uh, 20, 25 or so. From morning till evening, the Apostle Paul explained and declared to them the kingdom of God. You turn one page, the last thing it says about the Apostle Paul before he bid it, boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, I've given you two out of the book of Acts, but it's throughout the book of Acts. I've been preaching the kingdom. I'm telling you, Jesus died for you, was buried and raised from the dead. He's the king of the kingdom. It's a royal priesthood. You better get out in here. And they baptize him in the creek right on the spot where there's a Philippian jailer, Lydia, down on the river, the eunuch. So you read all these texts, you say, good night. Well, now... There's a concerted effort among many in our population to rid the earth of not only the kingdom of us too, Jace, before it's over. Yeah. The backlash has started, and we're going to fix to find out on this next election who America believes in, Jesus the king or someone else. What's amazing is that the cancel culture, I guess, now that I'm speaking freely on it, uh, which I didn't really understand it, but it, it comes back to the fundamental argument against Christianity because right. they always attack the fact that even as a Christian, you're flawed. But that's their one point that they have. But it's true. I mean, we if you look at an umbrella, because I'm I what Are I, they saying what that I everyone's do, flawed but them? <laughs> Well, well, right. I, I guess I'm me. looking at him and seeing if he flaws. Trust me, you're going to see But you're the one who can. brought up the verse, which is they're claiming 
to to see the truth and what they're claiming I completely disagree with, which makes them guilty. Right. Because they're basically attacking people who admit they have flaws, but they're forgiven by the grace of God, who sincerely try to represent God's fundamentals, which are righteous and holiness, even though we're not perfect, even in our mistake. You know, if somebody said, well, you're a, you're a sinner, so you're a counsel. I'm like, yep, but Jesus resurrected me. <laughs> I'm back in. <laughs> And he continues to do that. That that's the problem that they have. And look, I I'm not I'm not embracing their uh, what they say, but I do understand the issue because it's very hard for a human being to wrap his head around that God loves me even though I make mistakes. Right. And He uses me. Everyone who mistakes. sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. And you look out there. God sent Jesus down to die for the lawless, the, the lawless, if you see what I'm saying. But you know, it's interesting. Even the, even if you weren't looking at it through the spiritual lens that we are, there was about 150 days, uh, <clears throat> authors, um, and most of them were left-wingers and would agree with the politics of most people that are part of this cancel culture. And they basically just did an open letter and they all signed it saying – this is terrible because we all make mistakes. It, like they're saying, we're writers. How can we not write? The, if we're going to write something, if you're going to deem that it's offensive because of whatever you're going by, we're, none of us can ever speak our mind about anything. Well, the first people you'd have to cancel is all these media people. Well, I right. mean, look, but I've been on the earth. Of, they're part of the cancel culture. 50 years, and some of the worst people I've ever been around were the media. Uh, yeah. I mean just <laughs> But like, they're fueling this. They yeah. they're they're the ones that'll out you. Let's let's take one last break. That's why I'm saying though, even in the culture itself, even people that aren't saying anything about God, it just strikes me. Even they say we can't survive like this because everybody's gonna get canceled. They're saying it. They're like because everybody's Makes mistakes. So all they figured out is that we all make mistakes. That's right. I could have told you that and <laughs> saved you. <laughs> <laughs> that in ten seconds. Well, and hopefully, I mean, what's what's the sad thing is a lot of people now. Not it's not just you lose your influence or they kick you off of you know Twitter or Facebook, but their people lose their jobs, their careers. If they will turn to Jesus. Jesus will cancel. That's their my sin, thing. That's what I love. And about. He will cancel their physical death problem by raising them from the dead. It's a win-win deal with Him. What I keep saying is, what is wrong? What's the downside to human beings who love God and they love each other and they prove that? What's the downside to that, Al? That's all God asks of us. Love him and love each other. Because like, they're, they I don't, don't know about that. Because God to them is not, <laughs> it's not, re- there. It's not a reality. And then you have different forms of worshipers. And so they, they just look at it like a big mess. For you know that something that people need just to get through because they're weak, yeah. And so I, that's why it goes back to that pride. They're like, I don't have an answer to death. I don't have an answer to make wrongs right, but I do have an answer for you, and it is that we don't support you or like you, and we will counsel you because you sin, and you know even though they're not willing to mm-hmm. admit theirs. But well, you got to remember, most of these folks that are doing this are on a Marxist path, and you remember yep. what 
was it Lenin that said what was his quote? Religion is the opium of the people. That's right. It must be removed. So see the, Eradic- the, the whole communist side of things was atheism. Forget about God. We don't do anything like that. I mean, you got to move away from that. So the Apostle Paul people's... quoted the verses Jace loved. He ended up by saying, "Love never failed." Yeah. And America is currently missing that right now. They don't see it. They yeah. Just they just don't see it. Because think if you could just infuse the one concept of forgiveness into oh. this whole culture. Like if you say, you know what? Yeah, we had some problems along the way. I mean. Man, slavery stunk, and and the people were mistreated. But what would happen if there was just a mass forgiveness of all past hurts uh-huh. that were inflicted on people, and said, you know, we're going to go forward, and we're not ever going to go back there. We're gonna no canceling, no better. retaliation, right. just forgiveness. Just forgiveness. We're just man. Gonna, what a world. We I mean, how different would that make everything? People could then, even if you had different ideologies, they don't want to do that. They don't want to. They want to hold on to the well because you got to make it right somehow. Yeah, it's just one. Uh, it, it's it's never going to be achieved. No. You're never going to make That's the right. wrongs right outside of Jesus being God and His blood on a cross. Because you know, not going to come up with it. Because they'll talk about things like currently about reparation money. Like, okay, so we, we if we dump a bunch of money into this situation, that's going to solve everything. My, my, that's not mess, help. my message to America <laughs> is: Hey, America, repent and go to the voting booth. <laughs> sounds like repent. You, you should write a, God and should, go to the voting you booth. You should write a but, book about that. Al's right. They're they're like. Like a lot of people say, well, just give everyone money who have been oppressed. And everybody be good. Yeah, we're all good then. Money will do it. What's that going to do? That doesn't solve anything. <laughs> it's like saying if you lost. There's lock- never enough money, Jace, because they've spent trillions and trillions with this welfare thing. You're like, you'll take the money. What, what go, happened? Go it's buy worse you, now look, than it was when they started out. You'll yeah. take the money, go buy you some snow crabs because they're good, and you'll eat it. And guess what? You'll get to thinking about it, and you'll still be mad. You'll still be mad. <laughs> it's like if someone, someone's uh, family member dies because someone did something that was some other person's fault. So in America, you sue them because you're mainly trying to punish them. You don't want this to happen to somebody else. But what do they do? What can they do? They give you a big fat check. Does that change the fact that you lost someone you loved or – like all of a sudden, like, oh, okay, I got two million dollars. So you know, we don't miss them that much. I mean, I'm trying. No, to, that doesn't work. Al, they have Al, fun Al, for a while, but does, it doesn't ever take away the the difficulty. Al, I'm trying to deal with the signage. The little girls, they had sticks in their hand. Dan showed it to me because I don't read computers, but I looked at it. And I said, "What?" And Dan said, "Check this out. The little girls, they had signs, sticks with signs. The signs said." We're going to hell, and we're proud. All of them said the same thing, the signs. I said, let's see. So I'm trying to, as a human being, 74 years old, trying to figure out some kind of angle, Al, so I can talk to a mind that's saying, I'm going to hell, and I'm proud of it. The only way you would say that is if you didn't believe there was a hell. So they wrote that down, but they... Well, yeah. They just wanted to get you riled up, but they don't... They really don't believe it's there. Well, they don't believe it's there. Because no rational thinking person would say... So they just die and rot in the ground, fill yeah. up in bombing fluid, and that's over. Yeah. That's what it is. I don't think they're really thinking that far down. You know, you got to remember, too, You we're in a, there's a lot of drugs out there. And 
you get all hopped impaired up. and get riled up, and then you go out there and you start making irrational comments. But that gets other people stirred up. But I realize I'm going to hell and they I'm need proud. Jesus. Woo! The great thing about Jesus that scares me when I hear that out. Yeah, but it's sad. It but scares the, me for them even to play around with that. Right? But the great thing about Jesus is that He offers forgiveness even to that person. Because my initial response to that is not enough butt whippings when they were a kid. <laughs> well, that's not going to work. No. But that's just what the way I, it morales you up, makes you mad, which is why. He's showing you that, which is a lot of what the Internet is. It's people trying to come up with stories or images to get you riled up so that you'll linger on that site and they'll get paid for it. I mean, (laughs) sadly, that's just the truth. But most of it I don't think is as bad as what you see because we sensationalize everything through the the media. Well, the media is definitely playing a big role in how this goes, that's for sure. So we're about out of time. Um, we never got to John. We'll get 10. to John ten next time. Well, Dad started with that last verse. That just, well, you I'm come up with the hundred hundred twenty seventh episode. We're moving a mile. Okay, that was breaking news. <laughs> but I just want to be able to know we're going to show up next time. It's going to look a lot different. So I remind you of a couple of things as we as we part ways today. One is that uh, Jesus Politics, which is basically a book that Dad has written. Um, that's a lot about what we just talked about. about a lot of so, so it's out, of it. it's out now. So you want to be sure and check that out and, and buy you one if you hadn't already. And the second thing is we're always reminding you that uh, Blaze TV is is our platform. Dad has a show on there called In the Woods with Phil. And so we'd love for you to check that out, see if it's something you might want to subscribe to. I know everybody can't, but they make it possible for us to do the podcast. So if you guys would like to dive into that, Dad's got about 600 episodes of his show, which are – Has it been that many? It's been that many. I, actually, I think it's maybe even more than that. But they're like 8 to 10-minute videos of basically Dad doing the stuff he does in the woods. Every time I say I'm too, getting too old for this, all everything, then I think I just keep doing it. I'm <laughs> like – well, and people, what else you got? To do? What else you got to do? You might as well. Nothing this important, that's for sure. <laughs> well, it is important, and we're getting the word out. We love you guys, uh, Unashamed Nation. You guys are awesome. Uh, we appreciate you growing the audience. Tell people about it. Tell them to click on here. That's the reason we're able to do the podcast. So we love you. We appreciate you. And uh, next time we'll be from our new lair location. I know you're excited, Jay. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.